We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on t- uh, today. And I have a special guest today. I'm super, super excited to talk with uh, University of Connecticut Offensive Coordinator Nick Charlton. Uh, Coach, thanks so much for joining me today. Appreciate you having me on. I, I, we were talking a little bit before we came on about how you you were the head coach at the, Univers- at the University of Maine um, as a young head coach, and I myself can kind of relate to that. So first off, bravo to you for being able to do that because I know how difficult that is. <laughs> it's definitely one way to do it. Right. <laughs> it's a uh, – I mean – Obviously, you've had some amazing mentors, and, and we'll get into that later in the show. But um, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is, like, I, I can speak from my personal experience. Like I said, as a, I went from a head coaching role to an assistant coaching role back to a head coaching role. And you're kind of doing that as well, going from a head coach to an offensive coordinator role. Um, what made you feel like that was the right move? Well, I mean, it was it was a really difficult decision just because, I mean, you know, anytime you leave that role, it's not just a you thing. You know, there's a lot of people involved in that. I mean, we had 125 people involved in our, our program, and, you know, that's not counting all the families and everybody. So, you know, it's a big decision, and, you know, we really, my wife and I, uh, you know, thought about it for a while. But um, to me, Coach Mora, honestly, was the the biggest selling point from the from the start, and just our initial conversations. You know, it started off as an interview, and then um, over the next couple of days, it really morphed into just talking about philosophy and culture, and um, going through um, some of my experiences, and then honestly, me just doing a lot of listening to try to learn from him, because that's ultimately a big reason why I wanted to do this. I, you know, I wanted to expand professionally, and um, you know, things at Maine. Really, I had a wonderful time there, and you know we had a lot of success over the years, and I'm really proud of everything we accomplished. So it was really hard to leave those players and the coaches. So um, it just felt like it was time. You know, my wife and I we've always tried to be really particular about um, the places that we've looked at and opportunities, and been extremely fortunate to only be at three schools in New England um, in my time doing this. So that's very coincidental, but uh, we got really lucky, and the opportunity presented itself, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that coach. Um, wanted me to do this and, and once we went through the process it was very clear to me that this place is a sleeping giant and it was really a no-brainer um, after I evaluated it. I love hearing you say the sleeping giant aspect because I, I always make that argument with everybody that I come across just because I mean everything that UConn offers is just it's second to none so I mean I'm, yeah. it's really exciting to hear you say that and and, and me personally, I think I, I knew that this Husky revolution was for real when I saw like something like this happen, where, where like in your case, where you're a head coach coming in to join something special. And I, it has to thrill you to be able to work with somebody as great as Jim Mora. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss not to say, like, you know, ultimately that, that's a huge reason, if not the biggest one. Um, 
obviously professionally, I felt like it was the right thing um, for myself and my family. But it just being around him and, and now I haven't been able to do it, um, it's been a real pleasure because at the end of the day, like I, I learned so much from him. He, uh, you know, he sits in with defensive staff and then sits in my quarterback meetings. And that's how we kind of go through stuff on offense. And every once in a while, he'll come down and he'll start telling a story about like Joe Montana or Jerry Rice. And oh man! I pretty much, I, uh, yeah. Then I tell all the quarterbacks like start writing everything down, including me. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, it's like it's 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 fascinating that way. And he's just uh, you know such a motivator and leader. And um, these guys needed a breath of fresh air. There's obviously a reason we're here. And just to have him around is is it's something that, that's going to expand my career. And obviously, you know, we're here to win and um, we believe we can do it right now. Uh, we don't really talk about rebuilding around here. So, you know, we didn't, I, I always say I didn't move my family down here for some rebuild. And I know coach didn't get back into that for this. So um, it's just really great staff. You know, everybody from coach to obviously the offensive staff that I work with, the defensive staff. I mean, it's just an unbelievable group of people that, that are all very focused on what we need to get done here. And, um, you know, we know it, it's going to be tough, but at the end of the day, um, you know, those things tend to be the, the most rewarding. Absolutely, 100%. And I, I got to ask about the, the Husky Revolution movement. And yep. you, you guys, you guys uh, social media team and those guys, the video guys and all that, have just done an amazing job. I mean, it's, it's, it's been so fun to watch. Yep. Well, I mean, the one thing I'll say, you know, uh, Robert Trumbly, who runs that department, um, along with, you know, Preston Pierce and our GM, I mean, there's a lot of people I could shout out because the, the infrastructure here is, is unbelievable. It's a little different than uh, um, some of my other experiences. Right, right. So, um, so, you know, but like those guys, they do such a good job. And the thing I always say whenever, the, the, you know, this conversation comes up is it's not just like a Twitter thing. You know, obviously it's nice to see videos mm -hmm. and we haven't played a game yet. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got to go out and win and do those things. But for us, it creates buzz, and recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. Absolutely. And, you know, we had, even in our manual at Maine for coaches, it was in this order. It was recruiting, player retention, and then football development. If you don't have players, you can't win. Right. You know, we, I like to think that we're really good coaches and all that, but if you don't have players, you're, you're not going to be a good coach. So for us, all the social media content and everything that we put out, and they just they do an unbelievable job. You know, those are things that we have to do because at the end of the day, it's about players and staff and getting people on board with the, that vision. You need good players, but they have to be great people too. So I, I do think it all goes hand in hand. It's not just a, a Twitter thing or a pumping content to, to nothing. You know, it's it's all with intent to be able to build this and, and brand this program and to get interest back because, you know, when you bring a recruit up to a game, you know, we're playing, you know, use Syracuse as an example. That's a night game, um, you know, at the rent. Well, we want that place to be packed and have 40,000 people in it. So, if you're able to build that up and get people to buy into what you're doing, ultimately, you know, good things happen to good uh, people <laughs> that work hard is what I always say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think they're doing things the right way and it just supplements what we're trying to do on the field. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. You, you yourself were recently named to the uh, American Football Coaches Association 35 under 35 leader, uh, the Leadership Institute. Um, that's a great honor, obviously, for you to get. And, uh, and as a, obviously as a younger coach and you're, you have a bright offensive mind, uh, what, what does that mean to you? Well, I've, I've worked with a lot of great coaches and great players, so that's what it means. <laughs> so, right. you know, I mean, th those things are nice, obviously, but, um, I mean, to me, it's, it's more indicative of, of the success that, that we've been able to have, 
you know, when I was at Boston College and, and then obviously at Maine, where, you know, I spent the last seven years, three as that coach. You know, we had a lot of great players and great coaches, and you don't do anything on your own. You know, and, and Coach Moore is one of the people he talks about that all the time. Like, it, it's all of us. And um, I think those those type of awards, they typically come when you have team success. And I know it's a little corny, but but it is true. You know, at the end of the day, if you don't score points, if you don't win games, and you don't do those things, and those type of things don't happen. But ultimately, that that's the, the players are just as involved in that, if, if not way more than, than they, because they're the ones on the field doing it. So um, those things are nice, but um, at the end of the day, it's – it's more indicative of uh, the guys that you're surrounding yourself with and getting everybody on the same page. I absolutely agree. I can, I mean, me, myself as a former head coach, like I, I was awarded a coach of the year award one time and I'm like, it's all the players. I mean, right. I'm only as right. good as my players. <laughs> so. No, we, I always go back to 2018 uh, when we made the final four and had uh, the best year in school history of Maine. You know, there was a three-week period, our starting quarterback, starting running back, and our best wideout, they were all injured. It was really weird. I was a really bad coach for those three weeks. And then they all came <laughs> back, and suddenly I was a good coach again. So, right. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, obviously, you know, as, as coaches, we have a lot of jobs and things that we do, and, and certainly it's, it's critical to the operation. But um, your players and what they know and their confidence in what they're doing is ultimately what, what's going to carry us because we're going to have to win games in the fourth quarter here, and we know that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get games in the fourth quarter. We got to grind them out. We got to find a way to win against a lot of really tough um, opponents that we have coming up. But we know the formula that we have to do it, and I think everybody is very aligned with that. We talk about alignment a lot, and um, I know that these guys know what it takes, and it's going to be a lot of work. But um, you know, again, good things happen when you work really hard and. I think these players want to do it. So, you know, th- those successes, they, they follow as long as the guys are bought in and you have great players. Absolutely. And and I always say nothing nothing worth having is ever easy. So, I mean. No doubt. You, you no got to gotta fight it out and work through it. And, I mean, you guys, I mean, definitely have to, are going to have to do that. But, I mean, yep. just from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, I mean, I think it's well on the right track. We joked that year we won 10 games. And I said afterwards, um, to the time that the head coach, he's now the uh, defensive coordinator at Rutgers, Joe Harris. I mean, I can, we were joking about it. Said winning 10 games, I always thought we'd walk out of there and just be like, that was so easy. You know, <laughs> we, we were just so good. It was probably the hardest year that we had the whole time we were there. You know, it's just, it's really hard to win a major college football game. You know, it is. And we tell our players that all the time because when you win, it should be the greatest feeling in the world. And they deserve that. These guys mm-hmm. really deserve that. And, um, that's one of the things that I look forward to. And you try not to skip days or look ahead too far um, because, you know, then you don't get focused on what you need to do that day. But I, I want success for these players that, that we have here right now, whether they were here before or not, because they work really, really hard and they care and they love football, especially the guys that we have right now. And they deserve that. So we got to find a way to get that done um, as fast as possible. And it's going to take a lot of hard work. It is, but uh, they're certainly committed to the process, and they've proven that to us. And and on the flip side, not to just get off on a tangent, like you know, we have to prove that to them. You know, I said that in, in our first unit meeting. I, I said, guys, I'm not going to come in here hard charge and telling you how this is going to be, how this is going to be, how this is going to be. You got to like trust me and the staff and feel like we're being authentic with the guys because at the end of the day, once you can do that, then you can coach them hard and you can love them hard. And then that's one of our big uh, beliefs that we have in our program. Absolutely. I mean, that trust aspect is, is so important. I mean, from a player to coach, coach to player, I mean, everything involved there. I mean, that, that that's huge. And I, I love hearing you say that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the relationships are, are critical, you know, because you, you can have a lot of guys that know X's and O's, and, and we obviously have philosophical things that we like to do and different ways that we teach, and I'm sure we'll talk about those things. But, um, you know, ultimately it's about your you know relationships with your players. And um, mm-hmm. I think that stuff is really, really important because when things get hard and you're in the fourth quarter and, you know, it's tied and you're playing a great opponent because everybody we play is a great opponent – well, what's going to ultimately get you over the hump and get you to win that game? Obviously, your performance and what you do, but there's something a little more to that because, you know, the, these guys, they're young men. They're not just football players. Mm-hmm. You know, they're people. And so they have to feel like you have their confidence, and, and obviously that has to be pretty symbiotic with coaches and players. 100%. I, I, lo- I love that. I mean, that's that's coaching. I mean, that's yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's relationships. It I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you now a little bit about your offensive philosophy. Um, first off, what, what, what do you think is your philosophy or what is it that you're trying to implement on a day-to-day basis with the guys? Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a larger level, we call ourselves the, uh, the hybrid. It's a pro spread. So we, we have the ability to, to really do anything. And, uh, you know, what do I mean by that? It's West coast terminology. So, it's similar, you know, we get compared a lot just because, you know, it's the same language and also what schematically we try to do to, you know, the Rams, mm-hmm. uh, the Niners, the Bengals, those guys. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate the, the OC at Maine before me was Liam Cohen, who's now out with uh, LA as the OC. And, you know, a lot of the, the language carried over. So, you know, in terms of who we are, it's a true pro spread. We can do multiple things. You know, we have under center, you know, action and movements and then, uh, we also can go spread RPO and it's all language, you know, at the end of the day. And it's about what your players do well, you know, in 18 and in the spring of uh, 20, uh, 21, because we played in the spring, which is right. a whole other story. Right. But, you know, we were a little bit more pro style and um, a lot of condensed formations and, and different things under center, you know, in 19 and, and then last fall um, at certain times, a little more spread. RPOs, you know, drop pass, we always carry a bunch of. So it, it's all about what the players do well, and, and to be honest, specifically the quarterback. So whoever ends up winning that job, what you do best up front would be the other big part of that. That's going to really tell who we're going to be. But in terms of, you know, you know looking at it from a farther scale, that that's really what we try to do offensively. Gotcha. I, I myself, I'm a diehard Detroit Lions fan. That's where I'm from, and I'm a big and I love Matthew Stafford. So, like hearing yep. you, hearing you talk about uh, the offense looking like the LA Rams, like it, it excites me just from a personal standpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try to do it the way they just did it because they obviously right. uh, did some good things last year. But you know, because th- when you look at the evolution of what they've done too, and obviously Coach McVay is an unbelievable coach. Absolutely. You know, when they had Goff, it was more movements, actions. Um, things that he did well where Stafford, he, you know, he's a little more drop back pass and, mm-hmm. and able to, to have a little more variation on first, second down with that stuff. And, you know, that those are all things that we work in and see where our quarterbacks are at. And that's an ongoing process. You know, that, that's got to go all the way into training camp. because right. It's just, it's so much information to learn. Um, and they've done a great job because they're so eager to learn, but that, that, that tells you who you're going to be. That's why you even look at that team and they have core beliefs just like we do, but they change every year based on who they have. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of my questions is how does this team's personnel fit with what you're trying to put in? Well, I mean, it, it goes back to the last statement, you know, to me, I, I, I got to fit them. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's a right. that's a we thing, you know, with our coaches. And we have schemes and philosophies that, that we do believe in that I think really help the players, and so that's why we do it. And, and, and I also do believe in those things, you know. We have to be able to run the football um, at a high level, especially in the Northeast. You know, we have a little thing we call the 40-carry rule. Basically, if you get to 40 carries in a game, you're going to win. I think it's 97% of the time we added that. Wow. So, now that doesn't mean – you're running the ball every single play. Right. That means you're probably running a lot of plays. So we're throwing the ball 30 or 40 times as well. But you have to be able to run the football, particularly in this part of the country. And uh, we really believe in that. And then, um, you know, we fit off of our personnel. So those guys, they do fit to that. You know, I won't get too too crazy with some of the scheme because, you know, I don't know who's listening. Right, but, right, um, of course. Well, Utah State listening. But right. for for us, you know, we have some, some plays that we believe in and, um, a certain way of attacking teams, but you know our players have to be able to execute those things. Otherwise, they're no good. We have to do something else. So um, I do think there is a natural fit with the things that we did at Maine, and then also um, our offensive line coach Gordy Samus, who's outstanding. He was at William Mary last year when um, he played at Virginia. You know some of the things that he believes in, protection-wise, and in the run game specifically, really align with our personnel. Absolutely, and. I think this next question is, I mean, it's an ongoing thing, of course, but how long does it take to implement the, like a total new offense with a whole new team yep. and new players? Oh, I'd say it takes a minute. I mean, you know, we started, uh, I got here in December and, and a lot of that was recruiting. You know, we were, mm-hmm. I, I got here, I was, I was one of the earliest hires. It was December 1st. I walked into the building and I think signing day was 15 days later or something like that. So it was pretty much all morning and night. Uh, recruiting the staff was on the road I was in the office um, just going through guys in the portal slash freshmen that we wanted to look at and, and get signed and also honor some of the commitments that we had prior to that because I think coaches did a really good job handling that because you see a lot of places when they turn their staff over they don't do right by those guys and I right. think we overall did I was I was really pleased with that um, but you know we just look at the the personnel that we have and um, evaluate it it's going to take going to go into training camp you know spring ball the, the growth that we saw from the winter workouts where we started installing and putting those things in to spring ball was a huge jump you know day one didn't really feel like day one and then as you progress through it i call it ripping off the band-aid you know sometimes you got to put things in knowing there's going to be some headaches but at the same time we have to do those things because by the time you get to training camp i mean it's second nature and you look at the team now with what they're doing out on the field because we're allowed to use a ball with them now for a couple hours a week and just their understanding of what we're trying to get done and their jobs. It's so much more detailed and they go and they play so much uh, faster because they've been in it, but it takes a full cycle. It takes winter workouts, spring ball, the summer training camp, Mm -hmm. it'll go into that. And then really, as you identify who you're going to be, that's when you start mastering those concepts. Cause you know, coaching is a lot of things, but at the end of the day, we're just teachers. And we're trying to teach these guys and um, find out what they do well and motivate them. So, you know, it takes the full cycle, but um, I know that's a long-winded way to put it, but that's really what it is. It goes all the way to training camp. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've been there too as a new coach and you're trying to put some, put new things in and everything. And I mean, it takes, it takes a long time. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Well, if you want to master things, it's going to take a minute, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I believe your current stable of wide receivers, the guys that you've brought in and the guys you've retained are one of the most underrated groups in the nation. I mean, I think there's some really, really talented guys there. And I know, yeah, that, I, don't know I know that's been a heavy emphasis in recruiting um, with 
guys with size and speed and you need multiple threats like that. And uh, why has that been such a big focus for the staff? Well, I mean, it's, it's a critical area, you know, obviously everything is, I'm a former receiver coach. So, you know, I'm a hair biased, you know, where <laughs> I, myself and, and coach Allen, John Allen, who coaches that position, who does an outstanding job, you know, we certainly um, have a vision for that group. You know, I, I try to do my best to stay off of uh, social media, even though I, I got to use Twitter and right. obviously it's a big deal for recruiting, but somebody had told me there was a lot of conversation about our, how many wideouts we were taking. Well, we, we actually have, now we currently have 10 on scholarship, which is pretty comparable to what, you know, other people do at this level. Um, cause we had a few guys that we had to replace and we wanted a full room because the, one of the bigger issues personnel wise on the team wasn't necessarily the talent top to bottom. It was the depth, right? Absolutely. You know, it's a long season. And I mean, you see, you see at the quarterback position with how many quarterbacks played last year, I think it was four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have to have depth and, you know, we're not recruiting guys. We don't have conversations, especially with transfers, about depth. For recruiting a transfer, there's obviously a vision to where we want them to end up at. But, you know, we tell them that these jobs are open because they truly are. So, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're at 10. And then we also have a number of, of walk-ons. And I don't get into scholarship walk-ons in terms of who's who. But we have some very talented guys, whether they're on or off scholarship. So, um, right now I think we're at 14 total in the room, which is – is very good depth, and uh, there's going to be guys fighting for jobs. Nobody has a starting position right now on this team. Uh, everybody's got to earn it. I do feel like we are talented. Felt like we needed to improve our depth because we weren't really where we needed to be um, overall at the position. You know, in the spring, anytime you turn a staff over, that's going to be pretty natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be a little more limited that way. But now, watching the guys run around, and then we're still getting one more. Um, who's going to be coming in? Uh, I think, I think we signed him so I can actually talk about him, but <laughs> Ethan Williams from BC, um, you know, he'll be here um, in a couple of days. So we'll have our full stable of guys and, and they're going to really fight for those jobs. And, and that's what they want. Like, it's a very competitive room. My experience, we had a lot of success um, with receivers that um, ended up playing come at the next level when I was at Maine. And these guys are super talented, but they're very hungry and they, they want to do well. So I, I do believe we have a very strong group and they're going to, they're going to duke it out over here for the next couple months about who's going to be playing that competition in depth is key i mean like like you were saying i mean you you get that then all kinds of things can happen well i mean you know i use an example of somebody last year you know with covid eligibility and then that's a whole nother podcast conversation (laughs) but we had you know we were having conversations with our our freshmen that came in during covid about hey do you want to be here for six years because some of the guys could use a red shirt and, you know, a couple guys, that that's what they wanted to do. But there was one wide receiver in particular that he said, no, coach, play me because he was on all these special teams. Well, honestly, thank God we played him because by the time we played UMass at the end of the year, he had the, the biggest catch of the game um, in the second quarter, and it was because he wanted to play. So, you know, you navigate a lot of different things mm-hmm. with the eligibility with these guys. But at the end of the day, the, whoever is the best player is going to play. And who knows what they're doing is going to play. And there's been some guys that have produced here. Uh, we need to be a little bit more consistent, and they know that. Um, but there's certainly going to be challenges for that group because, you know, you got a couple receiver coaches on staff, <laughs> including myself, and, and, and John Allen just does a great job developing those guys, whether they're young or old. And they've really taken a big step um, just in the last six months as a better. That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. that that's really cool. You you also serve as the quarterback coach. So, uh, what do you feel is the best way to have that comfortable relationship between you and your quarterbacks? 
Well, we talked about it once. It was uh, one of the last meetings we had at Spring Bowl. I, you know, I, we were talking about coaches, and they've had a few different coaches, whether they're a transfer or guys that have been in the program. And, you know, I said, ultimately, you have to respect your coach. But the whole conversation that used to exist about, well, you don't need to like him. You just got to respect him. I hear that, but at the same time, you're not going to like me every day. It's not going to be rainbows and butterflies every day because it's, it's my job to to maximize everything out of these guys. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a working relationship, particularly between the quarterbacks coach and the quarterbacks, because you're together all the time. You know these guys they, they have to, but they want to meet extra. So we're going to be around each other all the time. I mean, I talk to these guys constantly. So. There's got to be the level of respect, you know, similar to what they always say in the NFL, where they know that, you know, you're going to help them get better. But they have to want to come to work every day because, you know, I'd be lying if I wasn't going to say that this is a Division One job for them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a full-time thing because they're around all the time. And, you know, you get 12 shots at it and hopefully more. So you're going to be spending a lot of time meeting and, and, you know, working out and doing those things with those guys. So authenticity is really important, you know, being honest um, with those guys. I have my own style with with coaching players and particularly quarterbacks, but um, I've always tried to be very authentic because I think it's a working relationship um, that's got to exist, and it's got to be something that's really positive because there's going to be tough days. You know, there's going to be days where I feel like I didn't call it well enough or they didn't perform well enough, and, you know, we have to be really accountable to each other. I think that's important too. You can't just be like, well, it was the player's fault, you know, because at the end of the day, what's our role? So there's going to be things that I need to do better. Um, and I try to be really accountable to those guys. So I, I just think that working relationship is is really important and it's built in authenticity. Absolutely. I, I go back to my time as a player and like I, I remember like the the coach I, I had at the college level, there were days where I just didn't like him. <laughs> and yep. it, but it's like yep. you said, I mean, you have those days. But yep. 99% of the time it was, it was like, this is awesome. yeah like that's healthy like it's it's so competitive and you know this is a very high level and obviously we're here to win so there's going to be days that are tough you know it happens very naturally and organically in our profession but i also don't believe in creating conflict when it's unnecessary because it's Mm -hmm. a it is a vocation that is built in that you know we get judged on winning and losing so right you know you got to be hard on those guys and coach them but as long as they know that you care about them and that they trust you then they'll they'll be willing to do the things that you're asking them to do. And, and I think that's really important because they're the players are the ones on the field, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to like guide that obviously, but um, I think these guys have been really receptive to that and, and to that style. And um, I've really enjoyed working with them. That's awesome. Uh, what adjustments have you had to make personally, like as a recruiter going from Maine to Yukon and recruiting more of a national stage, I guess I would say. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think some of you know, I did this, you know, I obviously wasn't going out when I was a GA at BC, but, you know, I was around it. We met a lot, and I knew, you know, recruiting, we were all extremely involved in that. So I think the, the landscape has changed, you know, in seven years since I was there. But it's mostly the focus on the younger guys now. We're, we're recruiting 24s and 25s and getting ahead on those cycles. And, um, of course, it's more of a national stage. You know, in the spring, I went to, to a lot of different places in America and, you know, specifically for quarterbacks. And it was uh, – it was really important to be able to do that, but I think the adjustment was more recruiting the younger guys faster. That was something we didn't necessarily need to do up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still recruiting similar locations. Uh, again, being a little more national, that's definitely part of it. But um, those are all things that I knew would be part of it and um, was ready to do and, and excited to do because, you know, recruiting is everything. And 
you need great players. So, um, you know, UConn's a national brand. People know mm-hmm. about the University of Connecticut, so it's easy to recruit that way. Um, obviously, locally in it and within our footprint, in you know, the six-hour radius, we have to do an outstanding job of bringing the best players here. But we're going to be a national program as well. We're going to recruit that way. Right, and I think this next question kind of goes along with that. I personally didn't realize how truly great UConn's facilities were until I became like a part of Huskies Nation and as a fan and hosting this podcast. And like, can sure. you can you speak to how great those facilities really are? Yeah, I mean, I, I always say it to recruits or anybody comes in. You know, facilities aren't everything, but it makes it a lot easier to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. So right. our our facilities are power five level or whatever you want to call it facilities because when you walk in that building you can tell right away what the commitment is from the university to the football program obviously basketball being across the street you can see what their facility is like and um you know the the level of performance they've had but our our building is is second to none Uh, the indoor facility is outstanding you know when you walk through you have everything you possibly need um, and that was one of the biggest things that we wanted to change when the players got here and, it, we, and the staff fully formed was getting our guys in the building with us, you know, and that was a change for them was, hey, we want you guys around all the time. We, you know, we want to be able to meet with you and, and spend time with you and have a meal with you over a training table and do those things. And we have the facility to support that. And there's a wow factor that definitely matters in today's recruiting. Uh, you know, I got to right. be honest, it, it right. does. Like your facilities matter and um, we have a legit one. Uh, that definitely carries a lot of weight when people walk in. We get it all the time when somebody visits. They always say, well, I never knew it was going to be like this. And, you know, that surprise eventually will will wane off as we win games and, and get this thing going. But um, right now it's definitely a, a benefit for us to have a facility like this. Absolutely. Like you said, I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all, of course, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not, but you got to have – you got to have things now in, in college football, and that, that's big in recruiting. But, I mean, our facility is, is excellent, and it's top of the line. So anytime we have a visitor that comes up, it, it's always pretty impressive. And uh, we try to show them everything that we have because that's where they're going to be every day. So right. ultimately, we, we, don't, we don't hide anything. You know, If we're going to be able to retain our players when they get here, they have to know what they're getting into and what this place is like. So facilities do matter at this point, um, i got to be honest. Right. You've, you've kind of spoke on this already. You were a GA at Boston College uh, while Ryan Day was there. How big of an influence has he, has he been on you? I um, mean, definitely a big one. You know, we worked together, I think, seven years ago at this point. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the things that, that he did and the way I watched, you know, how he coached the guys and carried himself and those things certainly influenced, you know, my career and how I viewed coaching and you know it was I stole the phrase from him about being the head coach of, of whatever your position was so you know I tried to embody that even when I was working with the scout team and I was really fortunate you know the last year and a half there to be able to work with him and the quarterbacks and um, you know I mean it's been a while but he was you know my first phone call when I was figuring out um, whether we wanted to do this and um, he's had a big you know impact on my career and you know, obviously it was a short time uh, we were able to be together, but I learned a lot from him. And, uh, you know, I've just been really fortunate to be around a lot of great coaches. And obviously he's one of them and he has had a ton of success um, after that. But he's definitely got a big influence on my career. And it wasn't just necessarily the X's and O's part of it, which definitely, you know, had a big impact because we do a lot of things that they do. And um, I believe in those things. But it was really about how to be a coach. And um, ultimately we all knew that he was probably going to be a head coach at some point. So 
you know, you certainly, when you're younger, you try to model yourselves, you know, off of those type of people and, and do it in your own way. But, um, I certainly was, was influenced by that. And, um, you know, he's been a good mentor to me and very appreciative of our time that we had together. Absolutely. Having, having those mentors is key, especially as young coaches. I mean, I, I can speak to that myself. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have those guys that you look, look up to and trust and believe in. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, you know, obviously coach day would be one of them, but like Justin Fry, who's now at Ohio state and, and and those guys at Boston College, I mean, we, we ran the ball like crazy. So, like, you know, you go from being a skill guy, and I'm coaching receivers and special teams and all that at Maine. Any offensive coordinator, there's guys in the country that don't know anything about the run game. And um, you got to be able to have, like, that full breadth of understanding of, of what's going on. And I rely heavily on, on my staff. But you got to have an understanding of that. And, and, like, no one was better at that than, than Ryan Day. I mean, he had an understanding of everything that we did offensively. That was something I really tried to learn early, and that's a lot of work, obviously, but right. um, that was something that stuck out to me, obviously talking schematically, uh, very quickly, that, that he understood everything and, and could speak to all of it and install everything. And, and that's not, it's not rare, but um, he did it at such a high level. That was something I always wanted to be able to do. Right, absolutely. I mean, I, I, we, you've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but you guys obviously came to UConn to win. It's not a rebuild, and and I yeah. I've been trying to stress that to everybody that I <laughs> that I come across. And how do you change that culture so quickly to get the mindset into every single player's mind? And I know culture is kind of a buzzword in in coaching, but I mean it is a real yeah. thing. Well, fortunately, that word we that so a lot of people have a lot of words, right? There's a lot of words on the walls and things like that. So right. in, in 2018, when when uh, I became the offensive coordinator of Maine, we went through what word we wanted to use, and there's a lot of reasons why. It's a longer story, but uh, we ended up on culture. So that's actually what we break down on. That's still what we do, and uh, it kind of like takes the buzzwordiness away from it because ultimately that was how we were going to win there, and that's how we're going to win here. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly a mindset, you know, and it starts with the head coach and Coach Mora's vision, which, you know, we all share as a staff. And I think for, you know, when you look at culture and what you're trying to build, it, it is a mindset. And it's when things get hard, you know, how are you going to react in those situations? And um, I think when things are really easy and you're winning and you're scoring a ton of points, well, culture is pretty easy to cultivate. You know, guys are bought in. They feel good. But um, how do you have real culture? It takes a lot of work. And you got to go through some experiences with these guys. That's why we've tried to make it really hard for them, you know, during the winter workouts, during spring ball, and now in the summer. And, and as we get to training camp, you know, we're trying to make it difficult because that's when, you know, you see your culture, how it grows in those situations. It can't just be easy all the time. Um, it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. And, and ultimately, like, authenticity, you know, between the staff and the players, I think that really, really matters. And, Anytime you have that, that's when culture is able to last. You know, the, you can have a lot of like hype and talk about those things and have buzzwords, but um, if you have authenticity, you know, typically your culture will last because when things get hard, guys will rely on each other. One hundred percent. That's I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it just it, it is what it is. Like it's it's everybody's got a different recipe for things, but like you know, for us, it's it's about the players and and how we're able to build this and. Uh, we got to do it the right way. You know, you can't. Uh, we we want to win right now, but we've got to do this the right way, and we have to recruit the right way, and um, we got to build this thing to where, hey, you know, things are really really good. Everybody's riding that wave, but you can never be uh, too high or too low. 
because there's going to be tough times too. Like that happens in any program. And, you know, how do you get everybody to buy in and stay together? Well, it's your culture. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty uh, time tested. Absolutely. Uh, th- there's a misconception that uh, with what's happened in recent in the recent past with this program that there isn't there isn't much talent there already. Yep. Uh, I mean, I I know that's not true from watching from watching every game last year. But how do you evaluate the talent that's already there and plug it into what you guys want to do as coaches? Well, I, I watched all the film and, I, and we had a crossover game with UMass, so you know I'd already seen some of it. And then during the interview process, I watched a lot of it. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I think there's always a misconception with that. There's a lot of reasons that, you know, teams win or lose, and that's another conversation. Right, but yeah. I th- I think it was more of a depth um, issue. And, of course, I agree. There was certainly, there's certainly a talent disparity at some spots that we've really tried to address. You know, the, it's a team that won one game a, a year ago. But at the same time, there are talented players in this team that are great people. And so it's our job as coaches to put them in, in really good positions to succeed. You know, that's ultimately a big part of our job. You know, you can't just call plays to call plays is what I always say. they got to be the right plays, and, and we always evaluate that on Sunday. It's like, okay, why did we call this play? And for the players, there, there are talented players that, that were here and that we brought in, and now it's all the same team. It's the same guys. I always say with trans- transfers, you know, if you bring them in and they're great people, you don't even notice their transfers after a month. Mm-hmm. So to me, these guys have all fit in very, very well. And there's certainly talent on this team. We felt like we needed to improve the depth and um, guys that were going to compete for jobs here because there's going to be new starters. There's going to be some guys that ended up winning jobs that did start here last year. But um, I do I do agree. There's typically a misconception on that. But, um, you know, it's our job to put them in positions to succeed and do the things they do well. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what are you and the staff looking for in, like, current and future UConn Husky football players? I mean, you've spoke on that. You want them to be – of course, good men first. I mean, you want to be a good football player, but being a better person is more important. Yeah, I mean, they have to have high character. You know, we look at a lot of things, whether it's, you know, family situations or their backgrounds. And one of the questions that we always start with, um, you know, in terms of football is, do you love football? And that's something that, that I took from Maine because, you know, that was that was a little up there in the yeah, world. Yeah, so yeah, we, we needed true. guys that if they said, no, I like it a lot, they usually ended the recruiting. <laughs> so we need guys that absolutely love it. Um, you know, this is a, a very difficult school academically. It's top 20 public school in the country. So you need to know that the guys can handle the workload and, and that they care about academics and it's important to them because that's going to factor into it in terms of their day-to-day life and, and player retention. So for us, we're looking for guys that they are, you know, student athletes, but um, that are tough football players. And I think toughness is a big part of, something that we've really looked for um, just in recruiting and guys are going to be about it. And um, ultimately I agree, like it's, it's an on and off field thing because all that stuff matters and carries into itself. And you need guys that are bought into what you're doing that are great people, but they obviously have to be great players too, because uh, nobody wins with bad players. It's just the truth. (laughs) So for us, we have to be able to do a good job, but um, it's a combination of a lot of things. And it's like, we talk about what is the prototypical UConn Husky. I mean, it's somebody who's a great person, has strong character, um, is a great player, and, and ultimately wants to work really, really hard um, and has toughness. And it's a combination of a lot of things, but you need those things to be a great Division One football player because it's really hard to be a Division One student athlete. Absolutely. it's a, I mean, I, I've interviewed many players, and I always say, like, it's a job. I mean, but it it's, it's the best job in the world, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, if you love it and – 
it's, it, I always talk about how it's a vocation. It's not a job, you know, and obviously as a coach, you know, I look at it in the context with my, my wife, Maria and our three kids, like, you know, for us, it, it is a vocation mm-hmm. and my wife's a teacher. So, you know, for uh, we, we have to embody that it's, it's football and family because we're, we're here all the time and I'm working a lot and, and those things, well, the players, it's not really different. I mean, they're, they're lifting or they're running or working on football or practicing or, you know, there's something going on at all times, you know, for those 12 shots a year and then hopefully more, like I said. So mm-hmm. um, it's truly a vocation and a job. So you better love it because if you right. don't love it, it's too hard. Then you got to be in another line of work. Absolutely. The final question I'll, I'll end with, uh, the Husky revolution is obviously underway. And I mean, what, what do you say to those who haven't gotten on board yet, but more so, what do you say to those who have? Well, I think, you know, we're, we're trying to rebrand everything obviously, but right. it, it kind of goes back to the earlier conversation. You know, it's not just like a hype machine, you know, for us, we're doing this all very intentionally and, and, and everything has been with uh, a level of intent to win and to change this program and to get it where it needs to be. You know, this is a national university um, that carries a lot of weight. And so for those that, that are, that are, you know, renewed their season tickets or are bought in or watching what we're doing, you know, the best thing I can say is we're not going to go out and guarantee X, Y, and Z, but mm-hmm. you know, we're looking to win right now and the level of commitment that our staff has and the players have to doing that is at the highest level. You know, it's, it's very elite. So um, I think you're buying in for the right reasons. And then for anybody that, that's on the fence or wants to see it, well, we got to back it up on the field. You know, and I think that that's fair to Husky Nation to say, hey, we got to go out and we got to go do it. And we're going to present and put a product on the field that everybody can be really proud of. But, you know, we got to go out and back it up. And that's going to take a minute to build with recruiting and um, getting it going with the guys in terms of their development. But, I'm not interested in having a lot of conversations about rebuilding. That's not why we moved down here. We knew what, what level of work it was going to take, and we've worked very, very hard up to this point. You know, talk a lot about getting 1% better every day. That's one of our mantras on offense, and um, that's what we do. It's just working very hard every day to get this to where it needs to be. And um, we're not going to talk about wins and losses right now, but I can tell everybody right now, and I, I reflect on what our head coach says, we're not here to rebuild this program. We are here to get it going and to get it going as fast as possible. Um, we're not chopping it up to losing any games. And hopefully coach won't be mad at me, but I do quote this a lot with recruits. He tells a story about when he uh, took over down in Atlanta when he was the head coach down there. And they had a meeting uh, where they, they went around the table and said, hey, everybody predict what our record's going to be this year. And everybody filled out the sheet and handed it in to the owner. And he got a call the next day saying, hey, why didn't you take this seriously? Because all he wrote down was 1-0. And he says, I'm not conceding any games to anybody. I'm just worried about winning the first one. And to me, I, I'm 100% stealing that from him <laughs> because that's really what our focus is. We're not conceding anything. Um, we know the challenge that we have in front of us, but uh, we're really just trying to go 1-0 and work on what we need to now because Utah State will be there. They're going to be mm-hmm. there. They're, they're, they're an outstanding team, and yep. we need to really focus on us. But um, I would buy into what we're doing because we are working at a high level to do it. Um, and that's the level of commitment that it's going to take to get to this place where it needs to be. But honestly, to what everybody deserves. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate where, um, you know, my wife's family's from Madison, Connecticut. So um, that just happened to work out that way. And I'm from Massachusetts. So we, we know what UConn football can be. And a lot of people talk about what it was. Well, we talk a lot about what it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's our job. And, and ultimately, 
uh, as a former head coach, you know, you feel that weight because you feel like you owe that to people. Uh, there's a lot of people that love this program and care about it. And this is the state flagship university. Um, to me, that carries a lot of weight. And certainly that impacts the level of work that we want to put forth to get this place going in the right direction. And, and I applaud you and Coach Moore and everyone on the staff and the players just for, for, for doing that. I mean, I mean, what I see every day is just, I mean, how hard you guys really are working. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's a lot of the players buying in and, and coaches' vision. And, and there's a lot of people on the staff uh, that are working very, very hard in, in whatever department they have to get this place to where it needs to be. And, um, you know, we're all very, very invested in it. And I know I am because it took a lot to leave the last place I was at. Um, but I know that level of investment is there. And, you know, we're very passionate about it and excited. There's a lot of energy in the building. and That's how we coach. You know, we have a lot of energy, but it's ultimately about your players and, and getting them going and, and motivated. And uh, we certainly have talent here. Um, we're going to focus on what we need to focus on. But uh, there's definitely hope here because, you know, at the end of the day, good things happen to good people that work hard. And uh, we just got to keep doing that every single day. And the rest of it takes care of itself. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to conclude with this. I, I grew up a in Michigan. I grew up a diehard Michigan fan. My dad went yep. to Michigan, was uh, was there and everything. And so I grew up going to the University of Michigan and the big house and football games there. And I'm super excited that you guys are playing there this year. And this will be the first time that I go to a game at the University of Michigan where I'm not cheering for Michigan. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that. It's going to be a little weird, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy you'll be wearing the right colors. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for joining me today and coming on. And I really, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it anytime, and we're excited to get this thing rolling. So thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. And everybody who listens to this show, thank you so much, as always, for listening and tuning in. And really, really appreciate it. Have a good night. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you.